0: Hello and welcome back. This is Sink or Swim, Episode 3 of the podcast series Left for Dead. I'm Cameron Southard, and today we're going to be diving into the case of Natalie Wood, one of Hollywood's most well-known unsolved deaths. Being both tragic and ominous, there are multiple events that led up to her very mysterious death. But there were more uncovered factors, fascinating suspects, and an overall overwhelming number of theories that remain unclear to this very day. One would even argue that Natalie Wood's case changed the face of true crime, specifically in the ideology, that even celebrities with the largest of media coverage, adoration from fans across the globe, are still sometimes unable to be solved. Many conclusions cannot be drawn. However, when we look at celebrity deaths such as Princess Diana, Brittany Murphy, Michael Jackson, sure there's many value theories and conspiracy theories, but many of those deaths don't seem to correlate with unsolved deaths, I would consider them to be just gossip. As unsettling as that may seem, there are indeed many positive aspects of cases such as the one of Natalie Wood. There are many true crime specialists who continue to pursue justice for Natalie as an individual, one of those being her daughter, Natasha Wagner, who has recently come out on an HBO documentary about her mother confronting her father, Robert Wagner, about her death. She is also an individual who we will be discussing further, later throughout the episode. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Here on Left for Dead, we uncover Hollywood's uncovered 20th century unsolved murders. Be sure to go check out my other episodes on George Reeves, Thelma Todd, and others. But before we get into that, let's jump into the case. Natalie Wood was born into a simple life, born in the year 1938. In the vibrant and breathtaking city of San Francisco. Wood was only 16 when she nailed her first breakthrough role in Rebel Without a Cause, co-starring beside the late James Dean, which premiered in 1955. No doubt, it was a phenomenal film which attracted the attention of many across the globe, specifically America, aiding her in terms of her growing stardom, which became slowly bigger and bigger with time. At a young age, Wood also starred in Miracle on 34th Street, which was a huge success, but Rebel Without a Cause was the film which truly set her flying through an enormous amount of success as a public figure. She had other well-known films, such as West Side Story, in which she played the role of Maria, as well as Tomorrow is Forever and Gypsy. Wood was a phenomenal star in the eyes of Hollywood and American fame. Natalie Wood was born to a family of Russian immigrants in the 1930s but was keen on diving into the performing arts at a young age. That being said, she was involved in other things before she ventured into acting. She was enrolled in a ballet as a small child, and shockingly she nailed her first role at just the age of four. The film was a film called Happy Land, which premiered in 1943. By the sounds of it, her mother, a woman named Maria, was a very headstrong woman. She was quoted, telling Wood to make director Irvin Peikel, quote, love you. End quote, which understandably sounds like an immense amount of pressure to place on a four-year-old child. As a child, Wood had some strange coincidences linked to possible drowning, which looking back are quite horrifying considering it was how she came to her very untimely death at just the age of 43. There's a coincidental incident from Wood's childhood where she ended up visiting a fortune teller with her mother. And what's worse is that the fortune teller told Wood's mother that, quote, her daughter would die in dark water, end quote. On top of this, the New Yorker also stated that it's a, quote, detail almost too ominous for a Hollywood screenplay, end quote. I think that because of this incident, Wood went on to develop a horrible phobia of water, specifically drowning. She's been quoted as saying, quote, I've always been afraid, still am, of water, dark water, water, seawater." There was also an incident where Wood had to film a drowning scene for a film in 1964, and the crew had stated, saying that she, quote, flipped out, end quote, after coming up from air. It was an incident that very much affected Wood in the long run. Being forced into a contract, Wood was likely pressured and forced into being in many films, by both her management as well as her mother. But Rebel Without a Cause was a huge success, which sent her career into an upward spiral. What had spoken out publicly explaining and stressing that there were many films that she was part of which very much disappointed her, likely also causing her to feel ashamed or guilty, since many that she signed on for were not consented on her part. She had spoken out a film that she was in called The Searchers, which presented her as a white female who was captured by indigenous people, and she went on to explain that she felt very miscast in this film. While her life on the screen might have been one that everyone longed for at the time, her love life was definitely not. While being a lovable raven-haired actress in the 60s in Hollywood, Wood was strongly known for both her personal life as much as her life under the stars. If you didn't want to be her back in the 20th century, many wanted to be with her, and this was reciprocated in her scandalous and wild relationships. Her most notable were with Nikki Hilton Jr., who's more well-known for his marriage with famous actress Elizabeth Taylor, Dennis Hopper, and Wood, was even able to snag the attention of showstopper singer Elvis Presley back in the day. Wood's life became a media frenzy. She was married at just the age of 18 to Robert Wagner, which unfortunately didn't last very long as the split just happened a few years after in 1962. Wood's story tends to take a little more of a bleak path after this separation. As her mental health began to deteriorate and funnel downward due to fame and heartache and tragically in 1966 Wood attempted suicide despite attending countless sessions of therapy. The next part tends to be a bit confusing but in the simplest explanation possible Wood married Richard Gregson in 1969 after a few years of focusing on her health and distancing herself from the film industry. Together they had one child together. After that marriage died down, Wood decided to remarry Ragnar in 1972, and they had a child together. After this marriage, it's stated that Wood decided to step back from acting and focus more so on her children and marriage. But it is well known that this didn't last for many years, as her untimely death followed only nine years after, in 1981. Thanksgiving nineteen eighty one, Wagner and Wood were beginning to plan one of their exciting trips to Santa Catalina Island, when many were aware of what was a usual occurrence. According to sources, Wood had invited some of her friends to attend with them, but due to unfortunate weather conditions, several of them understandably declined. With those numbers eliminated, those left on that boat that tragic night were Natalie Wood, Robert Wagner, and Christopher Walken and ship captain Dennis Davern. November 1981, off the coast of California on Santa Catalina Island, all one would really need for weather in November was a few drinks, a bathing suit, and you were set. It's a warm breathtakingly stunning island with beautiful grass-lined bumpy Californian hills. The water is practically crystal clear and the boats launches are practically unstoppable. It seems as if the boats fill up the place with livelihood Which begs the first question why was it so quiet and secluded for wood's death now wood had only gotten to know christopher walken a few months prior after working on the science fiction film brainstorm with him which had just set to premiere in 1981. alone on the boat wood set sail with co-star christopher walken and her husband of nine years robert wagner on their boat named the splendor on the evening of november 28th 1981, it was understood that the four of them had been drinking, laughing and talking, having casual conversation between actors and friends before boating the ship. They had endured a lovely champagne night and dinner at the known restaurant on the island, Doug's Harbor Reef. When the manager was asked about the overall attitude of the group, he explained that he believed all four were indeed far too intoxicated to continue a boat ride that evening. He even went as far as contacting harbor patrolman Kurt Craig to ensure that they could all make it to the boat safely. Once Wood's body was located the following day, she was found to have a blood alcohol level of 0.14, and her being only 119 pounds in weight, this indicated that she likely had a considerable number of drinks. After doing some research surrounding BALs, I realized that 0.15 is a very high amount of intoxication, It stated that at this point of intoxication, balance is difficult and falling is likely to occur. At around 10.30 p.m., the four of them left the restaurant. Wagner has spoken out publicly, saying that there was indeed a heated conversation that took place between himself and Walken around this time, but Wood was not present for such conversation. After a few hours, conversation dimmed down, but eventually a fight did break out. Between who is still unknown, but what remains known is that Wagner became so infiltrated by anger that it caused him to throw a bottle in a fit of rage, breaking it over Wood's relationship with Walken, which begs the question, Walken and Wood, what was their relationship exactly? And were they perhaps more than friends? It is said that it wasn't until eleven oh five PM on the boat that they had realized that Wood had gone and they had continued to look for her, but it is also documented that the other passengers had realized that the boat Stingy had also gone missing along with Wet. At one point in time, a woman named Marilyn Wayne came forward to reveal that she was on a boat just about 40 yards away from the Splendor and stated that her and her boyfriend were awoken by a woman, quote, crying for help from drowning, end quote. She also states that just after she heard a man in a menacing or perhaps bored tone exclaiming, quote, Oh, hold on, we're coming to get you, End quote. What's most unsettling and what I find most frightening about this witness is that only three days later after the incident, Marilyn received a note saying, quote, If you value your life, keep quiet about what you know, End quote. As time passed, Around 1.30 a.m. on November 29th, 1981, a ship-to-shore emergency call had been placed, and after not being able to locate Wood, around 3.30 a.m., an emergency call was made to the Coast Guard. This has been noted to be extremely odd, since there was a four-hour gap between when Wagner first made the call and when the Coast Guard was called. Just over six hours later, around 8 a.m., Wood's dead body was located somewhere a little over a mile from the boat, isolated near an area named Blue Cavern Point. Wood's body was found only wearing a parka, a nightgown, and a pair of blue socks. At this point, I would like to do a breakdown of the timeline of the night. Here's what we know. November 28, 1981. That evening, we have Walken, Wagner, Wood, and Davern going to Doug's for dinner and drinks. They spent most of their evening there, and they had to be escorted out later with a chaperone because all four were far too intoxicated. Around 10.30 PM, they all end up outside of their ship off the coast of the island. At this point, a fight between the three of them is likely to have happened regarding Watkins' relationship with Wood. Around 11.05 p.m., Wagner says he knocked on Wood's door. It was only then did he realize that she was not in her room and Wood was nowhere to be found. Two hours pass, and around 1.30 a.m., a call is made to ship to shore. Another two hours pass, and around 3.30 a.m., a call to the Coast Guard was placed. Over six hours later, Natalie Wood's body was found floating off the coast of the island. Now with this time, there's two questions that currently stand. Why was the call to the ship to shore service not placed for over two hours? And how could Wagner and Walker never have realized Wood was missing for a considerable amount of time? After uncovering the twisty-turning wild night of November 28th and the early morning of November 29th, I'd like to jump into the aftermath of Wood's death and the discovery of her body as well as possible suspects and the interest behind the passengers on the boat. On November 30th, 1981, an autopsy was performed on Wood by Dr. Joseph Choi, who worked back then as a deputy medical examiner. Her injuries consisted of a high blood alcohol level, along with several bruises, which were located across her arms, legs, and face, which were said to be caused by her fall off the ship. With those final conclusions, the case was then closed, and it was ruled out as being an accidental drowning. As understandable as that conclusion may have been, There are many reasons why investigators believe this is more so an unsolved murder instead of an accidental drowning, as officials titled it. Skipping forward to September 1st, 1997, Christopher Walken is now a successful actor at this point, and Wagner is continuing with his acting career. In their minds, the case had been put aside, and America had enough considerable time to grieve at the loss of Hollywood's famous actress. On this day, Walken decided to come forward discussing the incident on that fateful night with an interview with Playboy magazine. In this interview, he explained, quote, What happened that night only she knows, because she was alone. She had gone to bed before us, and her room was at the back. A dinghy was bouncing against the side of the boat, and I think she went out to move it. There was a ski ramp that was partially in the water. It was slippery. I had walked on it myself. She had told me she couldn't swim. In fact, they had to cut a swimming scene from Brainstorm. She was probably half asleep, and she was wearing a coat. End quote. Walken also exclaimed that no one should feel that they die in a quote, unnecessary way, end quote, which is overall a little odd so that he's assuming that she died in a necessary way. This also begs the question, what does death in a necessary way really mean? Are there other factors that Wakin knows of that he's not coming forward with? If so, what are they? Now skipping forward to November 17th of 2011 when Los Angeles Sheriff's Department reopened Wood's case explaining they had received certain additional information on the case based on unidentified sources. The following day, the 18th of November 2011, Davern, the captain of the ship in 81, explained that he had lied about Wood's death and that he was hiding many things. He had also stressed that he had hid the truth that Wagner was behind the death of Natalie Wood although those claims never had fully seemed to go through since on january 14 2013 lapd had entirely changed wood's death claims from quote accidental drowning end quote to officially drowning and other undetermined factors there is in fact probable reasoning and evidence behind these changing claims seeing as how the bruises that were located on her body by dr choi were likely to have been attained before her drowning, leading the suspect to be more likely Wagner or possibly Walken. In February of 2018, Wagner was officially named a person of interest in the death of Natalie Wood for the first time ever. It is now well known that a recent documentary was released concerning Natalie Wood's death with both Wagner and her daughter, Natasha Gregson William. Still to this day, Wagner and Watkins stress they have nothing to do with the disappearance and death of Natalie Wood, but possible evidence leads true crime fans and investigators to suspect otherwise. Next on the series, I would like to dive deep into multiple theories. I have a few plausible options which seem to be most likely, and I've narrowed them down into three. However, there are entirely others which could be concluded by other true crime fans but these are the handful which I have concluded were the most likely. The first theory would be that Natalie Wood did, in fact, drown. Although this is the theory that the LAPD did conclude with, it is, in fact, a very solid conclusion, nonetheless, despite the contracting presumptions of murder. If the four were noticeably intoxicated, this would presume that they were all not in the correct state of mind, possibly leading to Wagner's outburst of anger, and this would explain why Wagner and Walken had been alone, unsure of Wood's location if they were asleep or passed out drunk from the alcohol that evening. Also allow a time frame between 10:30 p.m. and 11:05 p.m. the evening of November the 28th, 1981, for wit to have been frustrated with the fighting between Walken and Wagner, that she would have wandered off on her own. While wandering off, she could have possibly tripped over her own feet, fallen off the ship, and either A, possibly hit her head while falling off, or B, the more likely assumption since her body was found with multiple bruises, fallen off attempted to get back up, but sadly couldn't, and fell back into the water and drowned due to intoxication. While being both a logical and fair explanation, this may perhaps have been all it was, a logical explanation. However, this does not overall mean that it is a correct explanation. This now leads us in to option B, that being that Wagner murdered her and had been planning it with Walken. Now besides an accidental and probable drowning, there is another theory which I believe has become more relevant over the past few years, especially ever since Wagner was labeled as a person of interest. As a second theory, I would conclude that Robert Wagner murdered his wife and had therefore been planning it with his co-star Walken. From the get-go, this theory may sound a little far-fetched, especially since Wagner and Walken have continuously emitted and stressed were unaware of Wood's whereabouts and locations throughout the entirety of the evening. However, there are multiple reasons why many would believe this conclusion to be true. I would stress that not one knew the context behind the fight that Wagner and Walken had, and even still to this day, Wagner hasn't admitted what the fight was about. This begs the question, were they fighting about Walken's close relationship with his wife? Had they decided it best to erase Wood? from their lives at all costs. The bruises marked on Wood's body after she was discovered could have been due to a fight she put up, but if all men were intoxicated at the time of her death, why would they go through with the previous thought out plan? It seems a little silly to plan to go through with first degree murder after a boozy night filled with champagne. However, in contrast, the location was a very set out, very discreet place. Out in the open, of water off an island, three men against one drunk woman, it could have fallen into place if there was more concrete evidence. There are in fact multiple reasons why this claim doesn't play out, one of them being that many would believe Wagner to have been a loving husband, although his marriage didn't last with Wood in the beginning, there had to have been an obvious strong connection between the two of them to have remarried and have a child together later in life. Which begs the question, why would Wagner and perhaps Walken have killed Wood? Personally, I can't seem to find the exact motive for both men. Overall, however, this remains one of the most far-fetched theories in my opinion as a true crime fan, but it would have been interesting to uncover the truth behind it. This now leads us into the final theory, and in my opinion, one of the most fascinating theories on the Wood case. This theory is that it was an accidental murder caused by an outrageous fight on the boat and the three had to cover it up. I think for everyone who is aware of this case, it would have been easier for all of us to understand how the life of someone so brilliant and famous and kind could have been taken away by more than just a ridiculous slip up on a boat. Although possible, it seems as if there's a piece of the puzzle that's missing. Now this final theory, which is that Wood's death was an accidental murder, likely second degree, would have been caused by a drunken outburst by both Walken and Wagner leaving Davern as a witness. This theory, in my view, is one that makes a considerable amount of sense. For starters, we have the knowledge that all four were drinking excessively at Doug's the evening of the 28th, on top of which there is a considerable amount of evidence that multiple heated arguments between Walken and Wagner, and according to Davern, also between Wood and Wagner, surrounding the topic of affairs between Walken and Wood, did in fact take place. What is known is that Wood did end up on the dinghy beside the boat at one point or another, but if Wagner and Walken both swear they never saw Wood until around 11pm when they realized she was missing, this wouldn't add up to the mill mocking voice that witness Marilyn Wayne said she had heard as Wood was shouting out for help. If this were the case, a strong plausible theory can be concluded as Wagner and Walken either accidentally pushing or shoving wood off the boat in the heat of an argument, leading them to cover it up after recognizing the result of their actions. In terms of this case, there are a considerable amount of motives. We're looking at marriage issues, affairs, fame, reputation, and much more. Now whether they accidentally killed her or not, the world may never seem to know, seeing as how Wagner and Walken have either stuck to the same story all these years, or just remained extremely tight-lipped about that night. To wrap things up, the world may never know the exact conclusions of just how that fateful night went down back on November 28th of 1981. Was Natalie Wood pushed, murdered, or did she just drown and was it truthfully just accidental? With many witnesses and suspects growing in age, and witnesses and workforce investigators now dead are dispersed, there is not much justice that can still be attained for Natalie Wood. While her daughter remains fighting for the truth, many around the world are as well. One question, however, still remains, Natalie Wood, did she sink or did she swim?